0: The Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.
1: Because they came to whose house? house? You like that? You like that? Where'd you go to
0: college? Syracuse? Syracuse? That's a basketball school. Let's go some
2: Rain man, good to go. Hey coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain, I'm good. Thanks for doing this today.
3: No problem. I'll have an English muff if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead, Wait, I'm ready. Uh-huh.
0: This is the Sportszilla Show. Here's Rain and Scooters. Rain and Scooters. Rain and
3: Scooter. Scoot.
2: Scoot. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are?
0: Damn.
1: I never understood that guy. I still don't. That is Pete Weber. He's a bowler. He's a pretty good one, actually. And yesterday
2: it started, and it's just continued, and it's been all over social media. Eight years ago, that happened when he was bowling. Um, And, yeah, it's the weirdest exclamation or, like, chest thump ever, it makes no sense. Nick Ailes is in studio with Scoop and myself. I'm Rain. You were mouthing the words, Nick. That's right. You know what that's all about. I do. I totally forgot it was a thing until yesterday, but I'm glad it's back. I don't think Jim Bayheim needs a chest bump. I mean, they did pretty well against Pittsburgh yesterday. The jacket toss wasn't necessary. And any time, and especially in a road game, when you get out there and the walk-ons are in and Brandon Paul hits a three, you know it's a good game for the Cuse. Overall, there was an ankle sprain for Buddy, which is a little bit of concern, but ultimately not that bad. He should be fine moving forward. Bryson Goodine got in without the mask, and uh, he delivered again. He's, of course, playing with more confidence. Probably his best stretch of basketball. They love him. He's going to be a good player moving forward. Let's just start right there. Let's talk about this game. We're very excited. Is this... Is this win helping them slowly if they keep winning some games and get through the ACC tournament, bringing them back into the discussion? Now, of course, it's amazing
1: what a win can do for a program. Well, it was a surprise, don't you think, that they dominated as they did. I mean, I think we expected a close game, but they got out to a lead and they stepped on the gas and then they stepped on Pittsburgh's throat. Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh they ended it in the last game. Pittsburgh was they had
2: a twenty point lead, and Pittsburgh came roaring back and and they could not hold on for that one. The zone looked better than it has in a while last night. I thought it was a little bit crisper. Maybe guys are just starting to truly understand where they're supposed to be and when. And the Pittsburgh version of Barama Sidibe, as everybody's been raving about and we've all witnessed, that's the that's the Barama you want every single game. He was just it was fantastic, especially just right off the bat in the first half. What a performance! Keep that up, man!
1: His third double double of the season. Bring that
2: for the rest of the regular season. Bring that in the ACC tournament. You had to be impressed, Nick. I'm loving it. How can you not? I'm loving it. Are we talking hamburgers or are we talking Syracuse right now? We're talking both. Or was that a, a Mickey D's slogan? I'm loving it. Was that Justin Timberlake who actually sang that back? Yeah, in the day? He, he gets a check for that. I apologize for for, for, for perpetuity. I apologize. It just made me think of hamburgers, and I got distracted for a brief nah, moment. No,
1: no, no, no. I'm loving it. That's
2: actually him. I yeah. love when the walk-ons get in in the game, though. I mean, I don't mean to distract from everybody else getting it done last night, and we'll talk about them. But it's just, you sit there and you go,
1: yeah, all right, all right, Q's got this one. Because it means Q's crushed somebody. I did, it was. I was shocked that they manhandled him such. You know? I mean, it was like, holy cow. It's a nice... uh Way to, to enjoy a game, you know? You're not sweating it. It's not a white-knuckle ride. You know, like you said, you got some guys in there, you know? I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. We're we're just cruising, man.
2: Elijah Hughes is kind of ignored, in a sense. Uh, he did what Elijah Hughes does. He had a great game last night. That's pretty obvious. ACC Player of the Year conversation has, has been something that has intrigued a lot of us. Because why isn't he really in that discussion? I think his coach, Jim Boeheim, certainly seems to think... That maybe he should be i mean he, he had a few things to say about him I mean here you go
3: he was just good from the beginning he was really he hasn't been shooting it well and when he makes some shots uh, he's hard to defend because you got to get up on him and he gets by people um he was really good tonight I and mean, he's as good as as anybody he's had a great year he's playing great basketball
2: he did go on to further comment he just he's almost he was exasperated like dumbfounded at how Elijah's not getting more credit than he deserves. He just, he doesn't understand why isn't he getting the national recognition he deserves. Elijah Hughes has had a great year. And as a junior and a transfer from East Carolina, he's played himself into, well, somebody who's been recognized as having an NBA game moving forward, but he's, Elijah said all the right things. He's like, of course I think about it. I'm sure you've read that and seen that out there, but, I'm just focused on what we're doing here right now. He's focused on the task at hand. That's what you want. He's clearly a leader on this team, and
1: they need him. Much like Joe Girard got the team going in the last game in the second half, it was Elijah Hughes who got things started as the game opened last night, uh, scoring 11 of the first 20 or 21 points there for Syracuse. I mean, he got the team. He was a spark plug. He got him rolling. Joe had a few, a few keys, a couple of – Key three-pointers
2: yesterday, too. He did have in the second half, closing out the game, got a little sloppy with the ball. It was kind of a matter of slow down, use the clock, it's your friend. I mean, you heard that commentary when if you were listening to the game on the radio last night that I caught the second half on the air, and they were saying the same thing. Slow down. They don't need these turnovers. You get a pass on the turnovers, pun intended, because obviously the outcome of the game makes that disappear. If it's right. a tighter game or a loss, that's going to be a much bigger issue. But, but Joe Girard did some good things. He was four for seven from three. That's what you want to see. We had talked yesterday about the fact that we want to see the three-point shooting start to improve and get on the upswing as opposed to the downward trend that it had been on for a while. This is another positive right there. I mean, this team just played a really good game overall. It bodes well when Bryson Goodine gets in there because Buddy had twisted the ankle and he gets some quality minutes. You might need these guys when you get into the tournament as you've got to win these last handful of games in the season. Of note, of course, we all know this, the last game in the current edition of the Dome for for Syracuse is the UNC game on Saturday. Then the ladies close it out, and then nobody's really in there until Syracuse football, and they're going to really go, go hard on the renovations. The girls team, by the way, is giving out those mini replica domes. Have you seen those? I think, no, I, threw, I, I, think I threw a picture your, your way So somebody. If not, I'll, I'll make sure I get it up on the screen for you in a minute. But I'm, I'm sure everybody saw that. I think it's like the first 1500. It's like this little mini replica of, of the dome as, well, we've known it since it was built originally. It's kind of a neat little tchotchke to put yeah, on the shelf. like little, a desk curio. little collector's item. How do you feel about these renovations on, on the way at the dome? You don't know any different.
4: No, not really. I mean, I've always been loyal. To uh, I've been a loyal person. I'd like to think so. I'd like to keep the old one, but you know, change is necessary. So, it sucks, but it is what it is. So it was like ten
2: years ago when the when Yankee Stadium became you know the new Yankee Stadium. Do you have any feelings on that, or it's basically like you split your life in half, mm-hmm. knowing one or the little kid when it was the original Yankee Stadium, well, the renovated in nineteen seventy six mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium.
4: Well, I don't really remember much of yesterday, so old Yankee Stadium's (laughs) kind of hard to remember. It's been a a uh, hard 21 years uh, for me. It's been a while. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I would assume it'd be about the same.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll get used to it. It's going to be like this striking change, and then all of a sudden a couple seasons will pass, and we'll get used to it. Syracuse climbed up in the Ken Palm rankings from 59th to 51. That's considerable... Based off of one game, and I mean the defense. When you hold Pitt to forty-nine points, hold any ACC ACC team to forty-nine points, you gotta love the direction of the defense. Let me just give you Jim Beheim's apologize. I almost sneezed there. Let me give you Jim Beheim's comments on the defense being better.
3: But we we were much better. We got some steals. Baramba blocked some shots. You know, he's got four blocks and five steals, and those have been points. <laughs> those have been points. That's, those have been 10 points or 12 points. And he, when he plays like that, uh, we're, we're obviously a, a, a much, much better team.
2: SportsZilla Show is here on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. You can watch us, QSportsTalk, twitch.tv. As I said, Nick Ailes is in the studio with us. We were teasing him a little bit the other day, uh, wondering if he does look like Doli, Marek Dolezal. I wanted to bring up Marek, so I thought I would let everybody See what you look like. Just look over for those cameras if anybody wants to take a look there. I mean, it's it's a sibling thing. Maybe cousins. But there's enough there, I think. Marek, I see a resemblance. Well, your, uh, your doppelganger, I bring him up because he had a little rough game offensively last night, but he still threw in nine rebounds. And something we talked about It was like two days ago, and then I saw our buddy Brent Axe tweet the same thing. This guy is just... It, it, he needs an ice pack on every part of his body after the game, after every game, the way he throws himself around. Just an invaluable glue guy to this team, even with a, a bad shooting night, whereas in the previous game, as we all know, against George Tech, he had a great game, and, of course, the 12-for-12 12 12 from the free-throw line. But that trend has continued. He has continued, even struggling you know, from the floor. His free-throw shooting has been very good.
1: It was a great night for the Orange. Really, you, you come away from that game and you go, the only thing that's a concern or is a downer is buddy's ankle. That was really it. I mean, it, and I, I wouldn't have predicted this outcome because I mean, they, they want them, you know, I mean, I don't know anybody who expected that. I just know that so if wasn't surprised, I just know that if we add about nine
2: inches in height to, to Nick and putting you, if you were closer in height side by side, I would wonder it could happen. I would wonder. I
4: could wake up tomorrow and be nine inches taller. It's possible. I mean, some people grow a little bit, right? It's not going to happen. You're stuck. It
2: could. I'm stuck with this. So, you know, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. John Wallace's jerseys being retired on Saturday against North Carolina. They put out a very cool list and they tried to cobble together some of his top performances. I was reading about it online and it's just, man, he was so damn good for four years. Hughes is in the house. Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, his, he's one of the best players ever in this program. One on was drafted by my Knicks. He's from Rochester. I'm hyped for this. I'm I'm very happy that John Wallace is getting this well well deserved honor. He is going to be one of 14 players that have had their uniforms retired over the years. I was so locked in during his four years with Cuse. Just such an outstanding representative, and he's always hanging out at the program with the program. He's always hanging out with the players. He's always coming back to visit. He's always going to the games. You might even, sign I and mean, obviously, you're going to see him when he gets his jersey retired on Saturday. It's
1: outstanding. That'll be cool. Love those ceremonies, and hopefully, you know, they get a win then too, for John's sake. I mean, it's like I'm going through some of these these games he had over the course of his career, and it's like, jeez.
2: look at that 25 and 13 against Georgetown when they're playing Allen Iverson's version of the Hoyas. I mean, it's one of many. Just so many great games. I mean, look what he did. The NCAA championship game versus Kentucky. It was his last college game, 29-10, even though they lost to the Wildcats, 76-67. to Even in a loss, I mean, that's a phenomenal production. When it's, that's the pressure of the championship game, to perform on that level under those circumstances, even in a loss. You can definitely say John Wallace wasn't the reason they lost the game. Just an amazing career, Solid. and he's going to be honored on Saturday. Congratulations to John Wallace. SportsZilla show ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 interesting development in the NBA a player that just out of nowhere all of a sudden is in future NBA MVP discussions and we'll get to that next
0: it's the SportsZilla show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 here's Rain and Scoop
1: Join Q Sports Talk on Twitch as the Orange Play host to UNC on Saturday. We're taking the watch party on the road live from the Pathfinder Bank broadcast booth at Shaughnessy's Irish Pub in the Marriott, Syracuse downtown. As you watch the game on TV or listen on TK99, join the watch party with Syracuse legends Eric Dievendorf, Trevor Cooney, and Roosevelt Bowie and get their instant reactions to the game. The Syracuse Watch Party, live from the Pathfinder Bank broadcast booth at Shaughnessy's Irish Pub in the Marriott, Syracuse downtown, Saturday on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Did Tyler wait at a
4: home run a little bit earlier today? Yes, he did. Did Clint Frazier hit one yesterday? Uh, and he hit one today. Wow, or was it today? that? Wow. Yeah, Mike Ford just hit one, too. I just saw that
2: Mike Ford hit one. Tyler Wade hitting some bombs. Mike Ford, I have some expectations. I think there's going to be a platoon situation with him and Luke Voigt for the Yankees at first base. Maybe a little bit of Miggy in there, too, on occasion. It's interesting. He looks good in left field, but we'll talk about the Yankees a little bit later on in the SportsZilla show because I had promised the NBA, and bringing into the discussion a player who may actually be considered an MVP candidate at some point soon. He's certainly doing things at a very young age and dominating on the Boston Celtics. But I'm talking about Jason Tatum. Man, do you realize he just set an NBA record, first player in NBA history to shoot 60% from the field on at least 20 field goal attempts and five three-point attempts in three straight games. You would think to yourself, that that's happened before. No, that has never happened before. That's called playing at an elite level. He's doing things that literally no other player have ever done He's good. You watch him and you go, yeah, you could see something really developing there. And he's a key part of that team. And on top of that, it looks like the 76ers are in a little bit of trouble because somebody's got to come out of the East to play, what, the Clippers or the Lakers or even Houston's playing decent small ball, even though that's not going to work to get him through to the NBA Finals, I don't think. But, I mean, Joel Embiid... Gonna miss some time, probably he's injured. Ben Simmons is already out indefinitely. There's a chance for Jason Tatum to really make that next step, Scoop. He's a good basketball
1: player, point blank. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's the Celtics. I, I think they're the they're the best in the East right now. Uh I, I don't if Philadelphia's been kind of a disappointment. You know, they had big expectations. But they just haven't lived up to those expectations. And now if Embiid is going to miss a significant amount of time, you know, do you write him off yet? No, but it doesn't look good. Tim Legler, we all know Legs, talking
2: about Jason Tatum and what exactly he has added to his game. I guess for the reason that I wanted to discuss him.
3: He's added strength. He's added a lot with his handle. A whole bunch of handle. And then we talked earlier about the sidestep stuff and the step-back stuff. That's all footwork related. Confidence at all-time high. Made more threes than anybody in the league this month, which is not something we thought we'd ever say necessarily about Jason Tatum. Um, That was as good an offensive first half as I've seen anybody have all season. Didn't need him much in the second half. Marcus Smart did some things. Brown got hot. So he kind of relaxed in the second half, or he would have had another 40-point night tonight.
2: Isn't it always, it doesn't always come down to the details, no matter what sport you're talking about, whether it's basketball in the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, wh- whatever sport you want to bring into the conversation, what separates good players from the truly great and elite is always the dedication and the work ethic to the details of the game, the fine points of the game. Listen, there's a lot of guys with athletic ability, superior athletic ability compared to the average person. But what makes the good become great, it's those fine details, and he's working on them. That's what's separating him right now, and that's what's starting to lead him into this MVP conversation.
1: Yeah, Celtics, I like Milwaukee. I'm curious to see what they do. I'm not buying Toronto. I I mean, I, I just... I don't think it can last. They don't I, have the closer with Kawhi this year. I just think they, they get into the playoffs and they'll get beat. I mean, LeBron seemed to beat him every year.
2: X-Factor was the one year with Kawhi that made Toronto not be what Toronto always is, which is a really good regular season team for the most part, but then it falls apart in
1: the playoffs. And I'm not really sure about Miami either. If you know, To my eyes, it's Milwaukee and Boston. Those are the two teams in the East that I, I think could wind up you know, playing for the NBA Finals. And does it run through, it runs through Los Angeles,
2: I think. Yeah. Nick, what do you think?
4: I tend to agree with all your points. I think, I I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that's like the bandwagoner, but I feel like a team from Los Angeles will be NBA champion this year. If
2: The narrative, too, was that the Clippers ultimately are deeper and better and more suited for a playoff run. If you have to choose between those two teams... It's going to be the Clippers by a little bit. But the, the Clippers have been struggling a little bit lately, and the Lakers are playing pretty well. Do you, you realize they got a little secret weapon, Alex Caruso? He's, you know what? You he, he see his numbers. I mean, there's, there's not enough time to break down the analytics of this, but when he's on the court specifically with LeBron, that team, and, and then you throw in Anthony Davis and all the complimentary pieces on that roster, that wow, good luck. I, I don't care who you are. You're not stopping them. They're just a juggernaut. But back to the East and that conversation about Jason Tatum being in the MVP conversation. I'll bring you back with Tim Legler, Legs' comments.
3: Yeah, he's walking with some swag now. He's carrying himself like the man, like it's his team, right? And that's very important mindset. The last thing for Jason Tatum before we start talking about maybe first team all-league one day, Uh maybe MVP one day if the Celtics are good enough, Uh is his ability to beat you by making plays for other people off the dribble. That's not really something he's great at yet. He's going to get better at it because he's going to have a whole lot more traffic coming at him. You're going to see more dudes trying to double him out of the perimeter. And when he starts to now find guys to pick you apart because he's so good at drawing attention, now you've got a guy that's a complete forward, and you've got a guy that looks like you know what those MVP-type players look like because they can do it from anywhere on the floor. That's the last element to add. He hasn't been forced to, but he will.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I find myself as a Knicks fan and not liking the, the Celtics or any Boston sports teams, I've, I catch him on TV and I'm watching him now because he, he's fun. He's just one of those guys kind of enjoy the way he plays basketball. He plays it. It's, it looks good. There's, it's a refined game. He's getting better and better and he's an athlete too. That's the other thing. He's just, there's a lot of reasons to watch Jason Tatum play basketball. A lot of reasons to watch Steph Curry play basketball. And you wouldn't normally circle the wizards and golden state, but you have to, because Steph Curry's returning finally to the court. Did you see some video that's been out of him just warming up, just taking these random, ridiculous three-point shots from all over the place? It was on Twitter yesterday. Did you see any of that? I
1: did not. Did, I did not I seen it either. All
2: right, I'm going to show you guys during the break, and I'll see if I can get something for the Twitch cameras, and I'll put the phone over there. If I can find it, I'm, there's no promises or guarantees. But I want to take a break right now. I want us to come back here on the SportsZilla Show, and we've got to discuss the NFL, because I jumped over it. We were going to talk about it this segment, but I jumped over it. I know that I did that. Uh, Tom Brady leaving uh, the collective bargaining agreement. Some players saying no to what's currently out there. That's what we're going to do next. Nobody would have known that if I didn't say that. I broke down the no, fourth wall. I would have
1: known. I would have known because I was kind of like, um... Th- because we have a map every day. We map the show out, and then suddenly we weren't paying attention to the map. It was like kind of driving with
2: Dad. You know what's funnier? It, that I'm the one that types up the map, and yet I still did that. But that's yeah, all right. Yeah, We're good. You know. We took care of the NBA for everybody. We're going to take care of the NFL next. ESPN Radio
0: 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop.
2: Q Sports Talk at Twitch.tv breaks down the fourth wall of radio a little bit as you can look at us having a little bit of fun in the studio. Every time we rejoin, Nick Ailes, who is in here with Scoop and myself, this is Rain, he's like dancing. He's like feeling the beat. It's kind of funny. It's worth subscribing and watching just to see Nick Ailes
1: do his dance. When I see him dance, I think of the Peanuts gang dancing.
4: I I I always thought it would be Schroeder. I feel like I could be a good Schroeder.
2: You would have had that Lucy chick, like, bugging you constantly, though. You want (laughs) that? That
4: Lucy chick.
2: Yeah. She's, you know, pulling the football away from Charlie Brown all the time.
4: Lucy's, okay, hot take. Lucy's a bully. Yeah. (laughs) Lucy's a bully and should not be celebrated as a good character on the Peanuts. No, she was
2: mean. (laughs) No, she was really mean. She was a mean girl before that movie with Lindsay Lohan came out. She was Regina George. Lindsay Lohan? Lucy Lohan. Lucy Lohan, yeah. It's Regina George. It, the, that movie's out in my house all the time.
4: I'd be Schroeder, yeah. I asked him if or he... pig Pigpen.
2: I need to make a rejoin with Dua Lipa. Do you know who Dua Lipa is? Yes. He did not know who Dua Lipa I don't know is. Who Dua Lipa My is. daughters, <laughs> in a couple of the raindrops, the younger daughters, they weigh into Dua Lipa, and I hear it in the house all the time. Okay. And then Now I'm catching myself singing along to it. I'm like, I didn't know who Dua Lipa was until they started to play it. Now I'm, I know like a half a dozen mm-hmm. songs from Dua Lipa. We're going to have to get a beat to come back from a commercial break with where I completely screwed things up for scoop because we were going to talk. That's
1: ab- OK. We we're going to talk
2: about the NBA and the NFL in reverse order. And for the first, like, 60 seconds of our last segment, he's like, I wonder what he's doing there. Because you probably well, you probably yeah. in the first commercial break, you'd probably sorted out all of your thoughts on where you thought we well, were yeah, going.
1: Sort of. And then then we went into this Jason Tatum thing. I mean, it's is Jason Tatum going to leave basketball and play football? Uh, uh, no, we're, we were, were. He's just changed direction. We were supposed to talk about Jason
2: Tatum right now, but that's already <laughs> happened. So let's talk about the NFL and Tom Brady leaving and this collective bargaining agreement and some of these players that have been voting no. I want to start right there. I had asked you yesterday about Russell Wilson. He said no. J.J. Watt, you brought him up. Said no. I gave you guys a statement, a yeah. very well thought out statement. We're not gonna read it to you, but we've read it.
4: I didn't get it.
2: AA Ron Rogers. You don't matter. You, I'm sorry, oh. you were supposed to be nice. I have it oh, for you. Man. You don't matter. Nick. Oh Nick, man. Nick, I, I do have a copy for you. Oh. I just Oh jeez. No, no. You can see this right on the Twitch. TVQ Sports Talk Channel. It
4: just says you don't matter in big letters. No, it doesn't. It's oh. it's literally. I, I printed out for I you. I Extended an olive branch. Votes no on your. Hey hey hey. Sheet caught, about, now you took it away from me. I just. I, did you see that Twitch? Did I, you see that?
2: I just want to say, I caught myself. Here you are, sir. There you go. Thank you. There is Aaron Rodgers' statement. It's on social media, but it's a very well thought out. He's a player rep, obviously for Green Bay, and he's involved in this process and he basically had some very solid arguments on why he voted no, or he explained himself, and, you know, there's got to be some details worked out on this. I think overall a lot of people feel like with some of the benefits to players, you know, bottom of the roster players, ultimately this is going to get passed. It's just got to have some tweaks, a few details that are modified, and then that's going to happen. Well, but-
1: I hope it crashes the whole thing. League.
2: Well, there's some interesting there's some interesting thoughts on the CBA in general floating around in sports talk. Ian Fitzsimmons, Freddie and Fitz, you hear him on ESPN Radio at night. This is what Ian said last night.
1: I think a, a, there's a lot of football fans out there, educated football fans, that are dealing with their everyday life stuff and
0: just kind of read the headlines and go, "CBA, wait, what? Hold on a minute. Negotiating.
1: Wait, if, if the deal doesn't get done. Are we not having football?" No, folks, we're good this year. The NFL owners want to get this done before the upcoming season begins so they can renegotiate their TV contracts to get bigger dollars because ratings right now are on a high, and you have a presidential election coming in the fall, and ratings are going to take a dip, see, four years ago. I mean, there is a little
2: something to that. I mean, people are going to pay attention
1: to that. I suppose it will affect some. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, he makes a good point. They want to get this TV deal negotiated in the best of circumstances, from from their position of strength, which is where they're at right now. Ratings are good, but the, I, there's too many problems here that I think are getting swept under the rug. The lack of guaranteed contracts yes. for these players. You know, you want to you you are buying ads on Facebook and and Twitter now. Trying to tell me how you care about safety in the sport, which is just propaganda when you try to add a 17th game, you know, and they haven't really discussed this enough with the players. I don't know that the players are on board with that. The owners and the players are negotiating
2: from different perspectives. I've got Dominique Foxworth. To back me up.
1: The interesting thing about these negotiations is, or it's not interesting, but the tough part is they get to hand their teams down to their children and they get to own their teams for decades upon decades. So I suspect that they knew at that time that it was going to be a no. We don't get to hand our positions down to our, our children and we don't get to hand the money down to our children. So that creates somewhat of a power asymmetry because 1% of revenue for us means maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars tops for individual players. But for them, it means millions and billions of dollars for their family going forward.
2: He's not wrong. He is absolutely not wrong. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be different perspectives. The owners have certain things that they might use in negotiations that they don't really ultimately care about, but it seems like they do. They give the appearance. So the players got to whittle this down and make it work for them moving forward. The game changes all the time, and the priorities of the players change all the time. The priorities of the owners
1: change from time to time, Scoop. It, to me, it's an obvious strategy on the part of the owners to throw in these perks for the the the, the other guys on the roster, not the star guys, but the other guys on the roster, the low-money guys, you know, comparatively speaking, to the stars on the roster. Yeah. It, the, the perks are offered to them. They're trying to drive a wedge in between those guys and Aaron Rodgers' and J.J. Watts and Russell Wilson's. And I don't know if it'll work or not. I mean, it's an obvious ploy. That's what they're trying to do. But I just think – if you're the players, you go, no, let's let's stop and look this over and talk about a few things a little longer. Here. On that note, the perspective of your
2: Aaron Rodgers guy, you know, top-line, top-level contract, max contract, and your lower-level guys, that's also going to be different, but they're even including upping the minimum salary in the NFL. But it's significant, the timing of all of this.
3: Right now, all teams have been instructed that we are now entering the last year of the collective bargaining agreement The reason that's so critically important, you have two tags in the last year. So specifically, when you look at teams like Tennessee and Dallas, they could franchise, let's say, Dak Prescott and transition Amari Cooper. Or in Tennessee's case, they can franchise Ryan Tannehill and transition Derrick Henry. What's fascinating to me is we're sitting here on Thursday the 27th. That's the set of rules we're working under. That could change in a couple of days where... A team may have tagged two players, and then they're going to have to... One of those tags will become null and void. We've never been in a situation like that. It really bears watching. And again, Tennessee and Dallas are the two hot spots right now.
2: We're here on the Sports Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1 talking a little bit about the CBA and all things NFL. A couple minutes left before a quick break, so let me bring Tom Brady into this conversation because it's really starting to pick up steam, Scoop. Uh, there's a lot of people, and I'm even starting to wonder... A couple weeks ago, I would have told you nah, it's more than likely he's going back to the Patriots, even though there were rumblings out there. Now I'm starting to go, hmm, the writing seems to be a little bit on the wall
1: and there's a chance he could leave. Well, sure there is. But I don't I don't know that we've got any uh, cemented indicator of one way or the other. I think it's a lot of speculation still. Well, let me
2: just share with you NFL reporter Jeff Darlington.
3: No matter how many times we say that Tom Brady is likely to not play for the Patriots next year, I either get blasted or told that I am wrong. That makes sense because we cannot wrap our heads around it. There are people very close to Tom Brady who are being told by Tom Brady, it's not going to happen. Like, I'm going somewhere else. Like, that's the way that we're operating here. Mm. Within those circles. And yet even those people don't necessarily believe that Tom, at the end of the day, won't go into Bill Belichick's office and Belichick won't sit there and say to him, Tom, we need you back. We have to have you back. And that Tom Brady will return to the Patriots. We need to wrap our minds around the fact that it is far more likely than not that Tom Brady will not be back with the Patriots. Hmm. I am now at the point where I would be stunned if Tom Brady returns to the Patriots. Could
2: you imagine?
1: Yeah, I can imagine it. Sure. We've had indications that the, the two sides may be going their own way. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised that he still wants to play, to be honest with you. I'm surprised that Bill Belichick still wants to coach.
2: Yeah, I I don't know what else I mean, he has to prove. I'm sitting here. They
1: just did. They've had all that success. They've made a lot of money. He's married to Giselle Bunchen for crying out loud. Go hang out on the beach with Giselle. Jump off some cliffs. You know, <laughs> I just, I, he wants to play football, I guess. At, at, where does he land? Who He's, knows? We It'd know this. Interesting addition to Tennessee. We
2: know this. It's, it seems like a very good fit there. We know this. He's going to play football more and more. It's increasingly likely it's not in New England. Bills fans will be thrilled to get him out of New England. Absolutely. Give me a closing comment. I will believe he leaves New England when I see it. When you see it. that's A lot of people do also have that opinion. There's varying opinions and belief systems out there about Tom Brady. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show. Going to come back and uh, talk about vigilante justice versus the Astros. You wouldn't believe how many guys have already gotten hit by a pitch. That's next.
0: It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop.
1: Oh, my goodness, it is the Burdick Ford and Burdick Toyota basketball pregame show. You'll catch it on Saturday before SU UNC, Seth Goldberg and Danny Shays, prior to SU Hoops games throughout the balance of the season right here. Scoop just learned
2: that they're making a Candyman 2020 during the break. Uh, I think you might have heard that if you were watching us, twitch.tv. That movie is the
1: creepiest movie I have ever seen.
2: I have seen it and it was very scary.
1: That is frightening.
2: My uh truly frightening. My middle daughter, my middle raindrop, fifteen years old, the car of the ginger ninja was watching it the other night and she had headphones on, so watch on tablet and screaming, just randomly screaming in the house. It scared the <laughs> crap out of everybody else. We're like would you would stop? What do the dogs do when that happens? Oh my! They run. They like run. Do
1: they run to the window to see if somebody's outside? They run. They Do they run
2: to her. They run to attack something. Like my one dog Charlie will just run and grab a chew toy and start growling and just I'm waiting for somebody, and then he just rolls over on his back and wants you to scratch his belly. So he's not really that frightening at all. That's why Charlie and I relate. Do you know what? I, yeah, you you like Charlie when you come over to yeah. the house. Yeah. So. I learned during the break that on April 26th the a- XFL will be broad- the championship game of the XFL will be broadcast by ESPN Radio. Details coming soon. Mm. I've also learned through doing a little bit of research that since 2015 I'm going to give you a list of some Tommy John surgeries that have happened to New York Yankees players. Now some of these players are no longer with the organization, but it's it's a long list. And it, it's pretty comparable with the number of players throughout an organization throughout Major League Baseball. So, all teams, the number of players that have had this surgery is pretty similar. Domingo Herman, Chase Whitley, Joe Harvey, Nick Rumbolo, Brandon Pinder, Jonathan Loisica, Nathan Ivaldi, Brooks Krisky, James Caprelian. He was traded, I believe, to the A's. Very good. Clark Schmidt, uh, who is now possibly going to be in the rotation if he. No, you don't think so? Is he getting sent down? Probably. Not ready yet? Nope. Okay. Blaber Torres, we know about that. Michael Pineda, who's now long gone. Ben Heller, Jordan Montgomery, who's an option. Okay, we're good there. Didi Gregorius now on Philadelphia. Matt Sauer, Cole uh, Kale Koshaw, Garrett Whitlock, Aaron Hicks, who will return later this year, hopefully. Luis Severino, who we won't see till the middle to end of next year. Wow! And then just since the start of last season in 2019, Giancarlo Stanton. Strained left bicep, strained left shoulder, strained left calf, strained right PCL, strained right quad, and a strained right calf. All reasons he has missed time. Would you go back and not make that trade? Yeah. If I could turn back time. You got to give me a little more of a sigh here. Yeah, I know. I know. He's speechless on the radio. He's Uh, oozing disgust, ladies and gentlemen. Let me uh, play by play this for you. No. You would not make that trade? <laughs> I think no. Derek Jeter. Oh, my God, John. Derek Jeter has fleeced the Yankees with that deal. What He made out like a bandit on there. They got Caleb Smith, and he's been pitching really well in their
4: rotation. That's, That's cool. Fun. They can't win more than 60 games.
2: I know. They're terrible. They are absolutely <laughs> terrible. Uh, but I want to bring it to Tito Francona, who was obviously, as you know, a player, manager. He broke the curse with the Red Sox. And he's currently been in Cleveland for the past couple of years. Who, by the way, Yasiel Puig, who played there, is a free agent. And now people are saying, oh, the Yankees should sign him. No, they have enough options. Clint Frazier, um, we, we could go Man, on. He's Miggy. nodding
1: his head no. Miggy's
2: an option. Mickey. I don't want Yasiel Puig. But Terry Francona talking about, well, the game policing itself in a sense. But vigilante justice when playing against the Astros. The Astros have already been hit by seven pitches this spring, which leads all major league teams, they're getting plunked, and it's happening pretty regularly. The players, I didn't wait until the regular season; it's happening now, and I have to think it's going to continue in the regular season too. These guys are going to be bruised up. But this scoop you can react to it on the other side is what Tito Francona, Terry Francona, said about it.
0: I actually had to tell Clev. I said, Club, because you said that. I said, now when when you pitch in, <laughs> yeah. I said you you're, you're, you're going to get ejected. So, you know, we will certainly talk to our guys. We, we we do not feel like it's the Cleveland Indians' job to kind of serve vigilante justice to somebody else in the league. That's the, the commissioner has a job. You know, people have jobs. Um, mine isn't to rate how I feel the commissioner handled it, things like that. That's, you know, that's way above my pay grade. And the other thing is just to be completely honest, we don't want to put any of those guys on base because they're pretty damn good. And the less guys that are on base, the less runs are going to score.
1: There you go. You know, it's not altogether different from that idea in hockey where, you know, look, sometimes you want to get a little retribution, but if you wind up in the penalty box, you hurt your team. So you, you do that when it works when it's the
2: best time for it. Yeah, you have to be strategic in when you're going to plunk a guy and police the game yourself with the vigilante justice. I'm sorry, everything comes back to hockey for me. Uh, I know it does. I want to leave everybody with this.
1: That dude's outburst is just twisted. It is. I don't get it, but I get it. It's weird. I didn't get it eight years ago. I started seeing it everywhere yesterday, and I'm like, what is up with that dude?
2: On the block with Brent Axe's next SportsZilla show out for the day. Back tomorrow at 3. Have a great one. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.